this weekend on Locked on Ducks. Wait, a weekend show? Really? Yeah, we're going to talk about the two games at New York. Join me on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Surprise, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Ducks. It is Sunday, December 22nd, three days before Christmas, and I bet you're wondering, why are we having a show three days before Christmas? Better yet, why a Sunday show? Well, surprise, folks, because of the special scheduling for this very podcast, instead of recapping both New York games on Monday, we're going to recap both New York games today. And we're going to start with yesterday's really fun game against the New York Islanders. And I'm just going to go right into it. The Ducks were already a little bit shorthanded because of injuries. We had talked about that on a previous show. So the Ducks were already skating somewhat short, but that's okay. Because right away in the first period, well, I mean, it didn't start off well for the Ducks. It started off well for the New York Islanders as they were going on the three-on-two break. And it was a really nice goal. Barzal had a very slick pass only a minute and 50 into the game to Anders Lee who got the scoring started for the New York Islanders to make it one nothing New York. And by the way, uh, Gibson started in goal and Varlov, Varlamov started in goal for the Islanders. And this game took place at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, one of my favorite old barns in the entire National Hockey League. I love it there. So moving ahead past the first period, with about three and a half minutes left, the Ducks on the power play... They were moving the puck extremely well, moving it between end-to-end, you know, between sides. And finally, it was Raquel to Lindholm, who dished it right to, and that goal was nice. It was Comtois who ended up getting the goal on a tip out in front. And a lot of credit there to the Ducks offense, the power play there, and credit to Max Comtois to get that very, very nice goal off of Arlamov to tie the game up at one goal apiece. And even more credit, you know, these players have come up from San Diego and they're contributing right away. Comtois is one of those guys that was in San Diego a month ago and now he's contributing in a big way. He had that shootout goal earlier in the week. He gets the nice tip in to make it a 1-1 game. I like what I'm seeing from the Ducks in general right now from the young players. And even further ahead... The Ducks got in a bit of penalty trouble yet again. So what happens next? They go on the penalty kill. I'm just going to say this right now. I've seen a lot of San Diego games. They are tied for the league lead in shorthanded goals with the Toronto Marlies. So we have seen this before, especially if you like watching the goals. You've seen this before. It was Sam Carrick on a breakaway on the penalty kill. Yeah, Sam Carrick, who spent a lot of time in San Diego, he got that nice shorthanded goal. And this is something that we've seen from him already this season. Carrick has two shorthanded goals with San Diego. So technically, that was his third shorthanded goal of the season to put the Ducks ahead 2-1. to one. His first shorty with the Ducks, his third of the season. Carrick specializes in penalty killing. But then only a minute later, on this same power play, the Islanders would come through. Uh, Nelson would get the goal here to tie the game up at two goals apiece. And this was off of a rebound from the blue line. Uh, Gibson couldn't quite corral it in. It was a juicy rebound off the front. New York scored, tied it up at two. Moving to the second period, 
and this is where things got really, really crazy. Uh, there was multiple shots in the second period. You know, Fowler got a shot. Delzato got a shot. Then Delzato put it out in front. Enrico, Adam Henrique, scored on another tip-in. And this one went top keys to make it 3-2 to two Ducks, but not long after that. And this is the halfway point of the game. About 10 and a half minutes left in the second period. The Islanders struck once again on a breakaway. This is, turned into a 2-on-1 and then a complete breakaway and a breakdown as John Gibson tried to poke the puck away from Matt Barzal. And Matthew Barzal really went top shelf where Mama left the cookies to tie the game up at three goals apiece. Then with about 5.45 left in the second, the Islanders would strike once again as Nick Letty got a goal from between the faceoff dots to put the Islanders up 4-3. And only about 20, 30 seconds later really, the Ducks struck back to tie the game up at 4. This was a very broken play. Uh... The way I could describe this is just chaos out in front. Henrique was falling to the ground, tried to get the puck over to the center. He did as Jakob Silverberg from the faceoff dots scored a goal because Varlamov was out of his own net. And what happened there was he may have gotten pushed off his own net. They called for goaltender interference on a review. And what ended up happening was, you know, Varlamov got pushed from a Duck player, but the Duck player got pushed from Polak. Uh, Polak ended up, you know, pushing off on the play to create that opportunity for the Ducks. What ended up happening was Polak pushed off of Nick Shore, who then pushed off of Varlamov. So because Polak initiated the contact on his own teammate, it would count as a good goal for the Anaheim Ducks to tie the game at four. Yeah, really wacky play happening there. Then we move into the third period, and it was still a little bit silly. Still a fast-paced game. The Ducks would take the lead 5-4 to four midway through the third period on a roofed shot from Cam Fowler. Fowler found the corner, found the top right corner off Varlamov, to give the Ducks a 5-4 to four lead. And at this point, you're thinking, wow, the Ducks have scored five goals. Can they actually pull this off? But not long after that, the Ducks took a penalty. Islanders go on the power play yet again. And they would score on the power play yet again. Not even kidding here. To tie the game up at five goals apiece. And this was really a well-done, you know, cross-ice passing all around from the Islanders. And this was probably their best goal of the game. As the Islanders went from... From Daniel Brassard to Nick Letty to Ryan Pulak. And Pulak would tie the game at five goals apiece. So then we'd go into overtime. I'm not even kidding here. This one was already crazy enough. But we have to have overtime on top of this? Are you kidding me? Nope, I'm not kidding you. The Ducks and Islanders would go into overtime on Long Island, and it was very fast-moving overtime, and there was one really fantastic save on this overtime period. With about 3.45 left in the overtime, it was a breakaway and not a score for the Islanders. Oh boy, this was a tough one to take, as Anders, or Lee, passed it off to Matthew Barzal, who had an open net, but here comes Gibby to save the day with the glove, and this would go into a shootout at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum or NYCB Live. So on the shootout, 
the Islanders had the first shot, and Letty really slow, or sorry, Jordan Eberle really slowed up, could not fool Gibson, and the Ducks couldn't score on theirs themselves. So then we had Barzal. He slowed up. He lost the handle. Then we went off to Max Comtois, who would score the goal for the Ducks to make it a 1-0 lead. The Islanders would score on their third rounds to make it 1-1. So then it would come down to Jakob Silverberg, who's 1-for-1 this season already in the shootout. And on his shootout goal, he got nothing but net. Backhanded, top shelf, to give the Ducks a 6-5 victory. I want to talk briefly about those two shootout goals. Comtois' goal, he had a little left shoulder fake. You know, got Varlamov off his skates very slightly and that opened it up just enough to get that first shootout goal. So great job by Comtois there. And then Silverberg, you know, to have that very sick, you know, backhanded wrister. It was a very quick wrister that how that happened too. So that would give the Ducks a 6-5 to five victory over the New York Islanders. Wow, how about that? And coming up after the break, I mentioned we have a special guest. I will be joined by John Tick from Locked On New York Rangers to talk about the Ducks and the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Stay locked in. Yeah, the Rangers and Ducks are definitely in a New York state of mind after that game. And joining me on Locked on Ducks is from Locked on Rangers. Please welcome John Chick. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. That was a really nice win for the Rangers. And I do realize the Ducks were compromised today with the injuries and the flu going around and everything like that. But it was a much needed victory for this Ranger team that came in. Losers of three straight and kind of a little bit of a get right performance this afternoon, I thought. Yeah, I think the Ducks were definitely feeling that New York icy cold weather right now. You know, they were on the back end of a four-game road trip against Philly, New York, New York, New Jersey. They looked tired. They looked gassed, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And, you know, I think also, you know, not just the long road trip, but also the fact that this was the second game of a back-to-back. I mean, that does you no favors either. And was was yesterday's game a night game for them? And, and then today's was the afternoon game. game? A day game and a day okay. game. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, still it's still a back-to-back. And, you know, obviously, you know, they, they just couldn't find their legs today, it seemed like. Oh, it was totally baffling to see how many players have been lost on this road trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, man. So, I mean, who's all? I mean, I know the the big two. You've got Getzlav and you got Silverberg. Who else are you guys missing right now? And, and how much has that been hurting this this team on this road trip? Because I believe you guys just went one and three overall on this four game road trip. Is that correct? One and three should have been two and two. I mean, the Devils game was a bit of a disaster because the Ducks had just lost a couple of players at that time. So to lose two more, I mean, this this was the mash unit of teams, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. that bad. And I think, you know, you and me were texting a little bit, you know, before the game, during the game, all that good stuff. And I think if you're a Rangers fan, you know, the Rangers had lost three in a row coming into this game. So it's almost getting to the point, like I know, you know, the Rangers are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in, as are the Ducks in the Western Conference. And if you're a Ranger fan, I think you're looking at this game and it, it's almost getting to the point where it's like, man, this is almost like a must-win game. And, you know, that might sound a little bit melodramatic for December, but, you know, it's it's a Ducks team that's struggling and they're missing a ton of players. And when you told me that, you know, the lineup was as compromised as it was, I thought, okay, now it really is a must-win game. Like, they they got to find a way to get two points. Say. There, there, was, there were really no two ways about it at that point. 
as I tweeted earlier, that first power play unit for the Ducks earlier today, three of those guys were on the San Diego Goals power play unit just a month ago. That's how bad it is. That's ridiculous, man. And, you know, the the Rangers, uh, their, their penalty kill, you know, a little bit up and down this season. I mean, they, they went through a really bad stretch. They've been a little bit better recently. Not great, but they've been okay. But, I mean, the that Ducks certainly gave them a yeah. Anaheim is saying, hold my beer, because the Ducks' power play is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, man. Fair enough. Whatever whatever gets you back on track, I suppose. Yeah, but on this, on this road trip, it's been awful, because Troy Terry, you know, he's out for about 10 weeks. And one of my favorite players on the Ducks... His hashtag is Elite1C. I love that hashtag for him, Derek Grant. Nice. I love uh, it. He's out That's for great. I, Oh, I love it. However, yeah. <laughs> he's out for about a month now. Okay. So okay. that, I think, is the biggest loss for the Ducks. Josh Manson, he'd been out for a while. Nick Ritchie had been out. Jacob Larson was out for the rest of this road trip, and he just got called up from San Diego. And then you had Getzloff out with the flu, and Raquel is day-to-day with some kind of injury. We don't know what it is yet. However, yeah. it is a Christmas break. The Ducks can get a little bit healthy, at least. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I'm, I'm watching this game, and, you know, you told me about all the injuries and all the sicknesses and all that. And, you know, I'm watching, and I'm like, man, who are some of these guys? Like, and it's not like I get to see a ton of Ducks games because the Rangers and Ducks only play each other twice a year. But I'm just like, who are some of these guys out there? I mean, you know some of them, but others, I mean, you know, if, if unless you're a Ducks fan, you, you've probably never heard of these guys. Even the last time they played, you had a game, what, a week ago? In Anaheim, mm-hmm. which, yep. by the way, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a great, I mean, the Rangers didn't get the result, but a great back and forth game there, no doubt. You got a point. Yeah, we <laughs> got Rangers a point. Got that's a fair, point. that's fair. Yeah, but you know, it's that, that's the reason that was so tough for me, and I think for a lot of Ranger fans, is the Rangers, to that point, were 2-1 and one on a four-game road trip. And so they end up with five points out of a possible eight, and that's pretty good. But man, you get greedy at the end there, man. You want that last win. Yeah, but the Ducks only got two out of a possible, I mean, the Ducks just looked bad today. <laughs> Yeah, it looked yeah, like it a was, team that was depleted. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked like a team that, you know, I playing on the second game of a back-to-back as well as, you know, finishing up a four-game road trip for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the last time you saw them, at least Getzloff and Larson, Raquel was playing the last time you saw them. Derek Grant was there. Troy Terry. Those were four players that were on the Ducks the last time these two teams met. So I'm sure it was a somewhat of a surprise for the Rangers to see who are these guys. Weren't they just in San Diego? I mean, I just saw them in San Diego five days ago playing (laughs) against the Grand Rapids Griffins. And that game was weird because you had two NHL goalies facing off against each other. You know, someone famous for his gritty mask, Anthony Stolarz, versus some guy he's pretty good, Jimmy Howard. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, he's okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's had better seasons, but, you know, yeah, he's he's had his moments over the years. Um, Yes. And then uh, for me, I mean, you know, we can talk about maybe like some of the more encouraging things that we saw. I know this might not be the best game for you for that. But I mean, for the Rangers, for me, the big thing today was they they finally started putting the puck at the net. Um, it's really been an issue this season. As far as like, you know, scoring percentage, you know, per shot, the Rangers are actually kind of near the top of the league. I believe they're like top five or at least top seven. But the catch 22 of that is they're just not shooting enough. You know, they, they won't pull the trigger unless they have a golden opportunity. And you saw that first period today. I mean, just firing the puck at the net. I, I believe it was 18 shots, which was, which was a season high for the team. So, I mean, that was a big thing for me. And I don't they know. They knew I the Ducks like, were injured. Yeah. I mean, I think I think they really did. And it was just kind of like, you know, we just got to put the pedal to the metal here and just take it to them really fast. I, I think they they really, they really kind of, you know, worked that into their strategy today. They, they did, but it was also a bit of a chippy game, too, because you yes. wouldn't think that there'd be some animosity between these two teams. 
I mean, you had fights with, you know, Good Branson got in there, unfortunately, because once Good Branson left and got the 10 minute, the Ducks lines were completely shifted. And by the way, I don't know if people noticed, but the Ducks were playing 7D today. Corbinian Holzer was shifted to the third line today on the right wing. As soon as I saw this lineup, my immediate thought was, well, at least they'll make it kind of close. Hopefully, hopefully they'll make it close. Yeah, I did. I mean, I didn't expect a win today. Many Ducks fans did not expect a win. In fact, I got I had a mailbag question recently where someone half jokingly said, let's embrace the tank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it might be a little early for that. You know, you never know. I mean, you look at a team like the Blues last year and they were dead and buried in the standings and they ended up winning the whole thing. I mean, I don't know that either one of our teams. The Blues. (laughs) No, I hear you, man. But the Blues were dead last. You guys at least aren't dead last. You know, third or fourth to last, something like that. (laughs) I mean, not as bad as the Red Wings. Yeah, that's fair. Or the Tens. I don't. Or the Devils. Or the Devils. Because the Devils, I mean, you could look at the Red Wings and Senators. It's like nobody really expected anything out of those two teams. But the Devils, they were actually you, supposed you, to be a good team. You say that, but the Devils beat the Ducks a few days ago. <laughs> I mean, they got to win a few, right? They got to win, you know, nobody's going to go 0-82. <laughs> yeah. But, sure. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I guess if if I had to look at a positive for the Ducks today, maybe, you know, just the fact that they played with that chippiness. I mean, do you take anything out of that? You know, it seemed like the fight was at least there, at least, you know, between the whistles and they weren't just out there going through the motions and being lethargic. I mean, is there anything positive you can kind of squeeze out of that? Uh, the one thing I can squeeze out of that as far as positives go was that the young guys are coming through yet again. Sam Steele is one of those young players that the Ducks have that I think you know, he gets chances. He gets the scoring opportunities on certain lines. You know, he's only 21 years old. In yeah. fact, most of the Ducks roster aren't even older than 23. The oldest guy the Ducks had on their roster was Ryan Miller and then a bunch of guys that are 30 and under. Yeah, Ryan Miller is probably about 10 years older than like just about uh, every single one of his teammates. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. It's kind of the same <laughs> thing with Lundqvist because he's, <laughs> yeah, I, Lundqvist is 37 now and Michael Haley, I mean, he's he's just the enforcer. He got into a fight today, but I mean, he's the second oldest player on the team and he's only 33. So, and other than that, it's basically, you know, the kids are out there playing. Uh, on opening night, the Rangers, I believe it was eight players uh, in the lineup on opening night, 23 years old or younger. And then, I mean, there's young teams and then there's that. And I, I guess hey, also the Ducks as well. Yeah. We're, we're in the same boat because the Ducks at one point had nine players that were 24 and younger. So we definitely get that too. Hey man, put us down for, you know, the Stanley cup final in uh let's say three years from now, Ducks versus Rangers in the finals. All right. So locked on crossover 2022 yeah, put it, Stanley put cup it in your final. Calendar. Yep. <laughs> Ducks versus Rangers. I love it, man. Or at least that'll be the NBC Sports game of the week. Ducks Rangers in three years. Watch, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it could. You never know. Um, And you know who's going to lead it? It's going to be Derek Grant. It's going to be Sam Steele, Isaac Lundestrom, Daniel Sprong. Daniel Sprong just got called up on an emergency basis because of all these injuries happening. You know, Lundestrom just got called up. You know, Carrick just got called up. I mean, this was ridiculous how many of these guys were playing in San Diego just a month ago. And, and I'm uh, going to quote my own tweet here because I think it's it. worth mentioning that the Ducks' first power play unit had Sam Carrick, Isaac Lundestrom, Daniel Sprong, Max Comtois, Hampus Lindholm. Four of those guys were on the goals within the month, and Lindholm wasn't one of them. And even weirder, three of them were on a power play unit together in San Diego. <laughs> Just about a yeah, ago. it's crazy. It really is like the minor league team up there playing. And I believe the Ducks didn't even have any healthy scratches today. Is that right? Like basically, if you None. were if you None. were a warm body, you were you were out there on the ice, basically. 
No, in fact, Eric Stevens from The Athletic joked that if you have some hockey ability and a social security number, get your you-know-what down at MSG right now in the next 30 minutes, and we'll put yeah, you on the roster. The three out there, you know, skate a couple shifts. It'll be cool. And um, we're this close to having an e-bug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because, you know, we talked a little bit about Ryan Miller, you know, being the, the veteran on that, on that team, but I'm looking at, you know, obviously John Gibson didn't play today, but... Are Ducks fans at all concerned about Gibson? Because it doesn't seem like he's really having one of his best seasons this year. So, I mean, how do you guys feel overall about Gibson? Is, is he somebody that needs to you know, play better for you guys? He's someone that might need a little more rest. Uh, Randy Carlisle kind of ruined him last year by overusing him tremendously. And Dallas Eakins is still using him a lot. Not as much as last year, but maybe give him a little bit more rest. You know, give Ryan Miller a few more reps out there. The defense is a young defense. They haven't had a consistent lineup for more than about five games. And it's really a learning experience. People have to keep in mind, this is a new system, completely new. You know, the Ducks had their issues with Carlisle in the past. And right now, Dallas Eakins, he's come up from the San Diego goals. And now he's the coach for the Anaheim Ducks, obviously. And you look at the difference between this year and last year, at least the Ducks have a little bit more fight. But this is still a young team. And Mm -hmm. even though Anaheim had that hot start, I kept telling fans, temper your expectations. This is supposed to be a rebuild year. They're not supposed to be this good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, fan bases, they can get a little restless. You know, I kind of run into that with Ranger fans as well. You know, anytime they have a bad period, it's all fire the coach, get rid of this guy, do this, send this guy to the minors, call this guy up from the minors. It's like, dude, like, you know, they're not going to they're not going to be the best team in hockey this year. You know, that's that's just not going to happen. And you have to stay patient, you know. the rebuild, at least there's a plan in place because what drives you crazy as a fan is when you root for one of those teams and it could be hockey or it could be any other sport really. And you just don't know what the hell the plan is. Like they just have, they just kind of do things. It's like the Joker from Batman, right? I just do things. Yeah. And exactly. with the Rangers, yeah. With the Rangers and the ducks, it's like, well, at least, you know, they're, they're young teams and they're letting these guys just kind of develop on the fly. And there at least seems to be a plan in place for both of these franchises. I think the plan for the ducks right now is to just, you know, keep the youth going and try to develop them much more in San Diego. It hasn't worked out that way because of injuries. Ideally, you'd want to have healthy bodies and have players like Isaac and, you know, Sam and other players stay down in San Diego and develop. They've had to do a fast track as far as getting up with the Ducks because of injuries, because of sicknesses, because of all this other crazy stuff. Yeah, for sure. And uh, another thing I want to ask you about, um, so, you know, the trade deadline, that's it's, it's- Still a couple months away, but what are the Ducks going to look to do? Are, are they going to be sellers? Because the Rangers, they have a lot of tough decisions to to make coming up here. I've talked about it on my show a little bit, but what about the Ducks? I mean, are there any veterans that they would move, you know, and try to just continue this rebuild and continue to get younger? They might just have to go after draft picks at this point. And maybe not this yeah. year, because I don't think this year's draft is as good as recent years. There's one obviously good player, and that's about it. And then a bunch of guys that are role players Maybe there's a couple of goal scorers there that are from Sweden that maybe the Ducks could look at if they have a good draft pick. But aside from that, I mean, they just got to stand pat and think, well, this is who we got. This is what's going to happen. Just ride the wave and try to get a high draft pick this season and hopefully get some good picks next year. Because this year, I think there's really one elite player for the draft, and that's Alexis Lafreniere from uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And I talked about this on a recent podcast where the Ducks should look at Alexander Holtz from Sweden, who I think is going to be very good. Uh, Lucas Raymond, 
another Swedish. I think he's pretty good too, but the Ducks need a goal scorer. That's what they need. Mm-hmm. And as far as selling, I don't know if there's enough parts for them to get something of great quality back unless it was a high draft pick. That's what they could go after as far as selling on this coming draft. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, one other player for the Ducks, I got to ask about this because, you know, the Rangers drafted him in the in the first round. This is, geez, probably almost like 10 years ago now. But uh, you guys have Michael Delzato. And from what I understand, he went from the Canucks to the Ducks to the Blues last season. And then the Ducks signed him again in this offseason. Um, you know, he's a guy who hasn't really done a whole lot, but he, he at least has longevity. The Rangers took him in the first round. They had high hopes for him. It never really came together. I mean, is he, how has he done for the Ducks so far this season? About the same as he did with the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, I looked at the numbers and it was like, I think like one goal and like five or six assists, something like that. But yeah, I don't know what it is. Cause you know, the guy, you know, I, I always thought he showed flashes back when he was in New York, but it, for whatever reason, it just, the consistency was not there just never really seemed to come together for him. He's had one or two flashes in Anaheim, and that's been about it this season. I mean, he's gotcha. he's just kind of there. You plug him in. He puts the minutes in, and he puts the hard work in. He's a great person to have out there just as far as, you know, defensively, he's done pretty well this season. But aside from that, there hasn't been a whole lot of total value for Del Zotto this season, which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and – Got to talk about the chippiness in this game. You know, we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, how about what happened with Brendan Lemieux? I mean, are, well, first I want to know, like, are Ducks fans familiar with Brendan Lemieux? Because I yes. know the guy's not really a household name, but he's he's starting to get some notoriety for his style of play. Oh, they know him all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After today, for sure. Definitely. I mean, Ducks fans are kind of pissed. Looking at Ducks Twitter, they were pretty pissed that he kind of ran away from that fight. <laughs> Yeah, that was, and that's not like him either. Like, I mean, he goes out there and he looks to stir the pot and he looks to agitate people and he's not the biggest guy. He doesn't fight that often, but like, yeah, if, but, it but gets, if it gets that? that far, no, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Hey, you know, he, he was baiting him and, uh, I don't I mean, know if that wor- was the plan it worked. all along. It worked because Erica Branson got a two and a 10 out of that and yeah, Lemieux, yeah. and Lemieux backed out. Yeah. And he just got a two. And the only thing that I'll say in his slight defense is it looked like the Rangers were about to go in on the breakaway there. So is it possible that he saw, I think it might've been Zibanejad, but somebody was going in on the break. Does he think like, Oh shoot, I better not do this because they're going to blow the whistle and we're not going to get this breakaway opportunity. Cause the refs did blow the whistle there. The refs blew the whistle, but at the same time on the ducks broadcast, they talked about, you know, they saw Lemieux's lips and he said, yeah, let's go. And when you do that, you got to be a gentleman there. You have yeah. to take the fight. No, and he you. didn't do that. That was that was out <laughs> of character for him. But then, oddly enough, he got hit for a, a ten minute uh, misconduct of his own later in the game, just from really like a skirmish at the end of the second period there. So I you thought that that's was called, kind of strange. That's called hockey karma. That's uh, the hockey yeah, that, gods that's going fair. back. I'll tell you what, though, I do think refs have been kind of unfair to him this season. They've kind of targeted him. There was a game not they too have. long ago where, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he bumped into, ah, geez, it was part of that West Coast road trip, and now I'm blanking on which team it was. But bottom line, you know, it's between I'm pretty it's, sure it's it was a place. The Kings. I think that sounds right, yes. He, he bumped into somebody, and then he got mixed up with somebody else, and he kind of threw like a little jab to the chest, and they, they tossed him out for 10 minutes. And, you know, our coach, David Quinn, you should have seen the look on his face. Maybe you did see it, but, I mean, he, I, I he was just – yeah, he was so incredulous, and it's one of those things, like, it's such a bad call that, like, you don't even have the strength to argue it. It's like, I just feel sorry for you, man, like, making a no, call was, like that. That was a was, WTF call. Yeah, no, no doubt. Prime WTF call. Yep.
All right, JD. So a couple of final thoughts here before we wrap up. Uh, yeah, let's wrap else it up. You want to get off your yeah? <laughs> move on to the next game, right? Move on um, to the Christmas break, really. Yes, yes, that's right around the corner here. So, I mean, anything else you want to get off your chest after that performance from the Ducks today? Not really. I I just want to say that I hope the Ducks do get better and get healthy because that's really the key right now. When you're missing your captain and Ryan Getzloff, that's already going to take out a massive part of your lineup. And it will for any lineup. When you lose your captain, that's not good for any team, no matter what. But once you lose, you know, Raquel, who's been solid this year, once you lose the Elite 1C, I mean, the Ducks were just completely decimated. They want to get a little bit healthier in time for the Vegas Golden Knights on Friday. And just enjoy the holiday. That's really what it's all about. You know, get home, enjoy the time with their families. The Ducks have four days off. Yeah, I've always I've always thought it really is a cool thing that they give these players, you know, the Christmas break because you know NBA. I don't know. I don't even know if they're doing that this season, but nope. I know they NBA oh, they're not has doing a bunch it. of games in Christmas as always. Yes, and, yes. It, it's like just give these guys a break, man. Just let them go home for like two or three days and just relax, and then come back refreshed. Yeah, and speaking you know? for myself and on behalf of people that work in either the AHL or the NHL, I'm very glad that players are allowed to have at least three days off, and it's really. I don't want to say forbidden, but I guess you could use that word. It's forbidden to have games on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, so they can spend it with their families. I think it's great that the NHL does this. I I think it's great that the AHL does this as well because I work for I covered the American Hockey League as well, and it's fantastic that we're allowed these days off. So that's what I really want to get off my chest. There is just have a happy holiday season, you know, move on from this and get ready for the second half of the season. Yeah, and you make a great point there because it is not just the players. You know, it's everybody else who, you know, works in hockey, who has to cover these games, who has different roles. I mean, there's so much that goes into, you know, the production of an NHL hockey game or even an AHL hockey game. And, you know, it's good that all those employees can be home with their families as well. Absolutely. And uh, just one last, you know, encouraging sign that I saw from the Rangers today. One last thing that I got to mention here before we sign off is the Rangers kind of broke through some of their secondary scoring threats got on the board here today. You know, Philip Heedle, he started the season in Hartford for the Rangers, and he kind of caught fire when he was first called up. He had cooled off a little bit recently. I believe this was his first goal in his last 11 games, but it was good to see him engaged again, and he got the Rangers off to a good start with an early goal. And then Brett Howden, you know, he only had one goal in, I believe, the last 17 games, and he scored the Rangers' second goal, and just like that, they were off to the races. And one last guy, you know, Pavel Buchnevich, he didn't score today, but he had a goal and an assist in the Rangers' last game, and I just was really encouraged by his game today. He seemed to really go to the net a few times, had a couple of scoring opportunities, but not quite able to to convert. But again, just good to see these guys who have been quiet recently, you know, starting to make some noise once again. Yeah, definitely. They definitely have. And I got to talk about that shorthanded goal just, you know, for a couple of seconds. Zibinijad has been a thorn in the Ducks side this entire season. He had the two goals, had the shootout goal. Zibinijad has been tremendous for the Rangers. And I was impressed with his game today, but that's me. No, he, he is so good, man. And it's one of those things when they traded for him from Ottawa, we gave away Derek Broussard, who at the time was my favorite player. So it was hard for me to see Broussard go, but Zibinijad was five years. Yeah. I mean, it worked. It worked. worked. You know, Zibinijad was five years younger and, a lot more upside. So I, I understood the move, even though it was it was kind of a tough pill to swallow, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Uh, John, even though it was not the best outcome for the Ducks, I want to thank you very much for coming on Locked on Ducks. And hopefully you have a tremendous week and happy holidays, man. Yeah, you too, man. Enjoy. You know, we're all going to get a little bit of a break here. You know, the players, the coaches, and even the uh, Locked on podcast. So, so it's, it's going to be a good time. And thanks for having me. We're going to definitely have to do this again sometime. Oh, for sure. Hey, thanks for coming on. 
You got it, buddy. And there he goes. That was John Chick from Locked On New York Rangers. And he also, by the way, is a writer for NBC Sports and Roto World. And I want to thank John Chick once again for joining me on this special edition of Locked On Ducks. And you can download today's podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. And please make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow him personally at GCHIK17. That's his personal Twitter. Or you can follow Locked On Rangers at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. That's the New York Rangers podcast, Locked On Rangers. And you can follow me personally at StimpyJD. You can follow this show at LO underscore Ducks. And if you want to chat hockey with me, hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And a couple of special announcements that I have to make right now. Yes, this is a rare Sunday episode since there were two games on the docket. Now, why did I have a show today? Tomorrow is a very, very special episode. Tell everybody you know about it. Tell your Ducks friends. Tell your Kings friends. Tell your Sharks friends. Tell everybody you know to turn to tune in tomorrow to Locked on Ducks. Turn on the Ducks podcast because we are having the second installment of Locked on Hockey Jeopardy. That's right. Three of your favorite Locked on hosts are going to battle wits and raise some money for charity And I will just say right now, it is for an incredible cause. There was some unfortunate hockey news over the last week. It has to do with that. So please, tell everyone you know, make sure they are tuned in to Locked on Ducks tomorrow. Because joining me is going to be Kyle Demetrius from Locked on Sharks. He's the returning champion. Then we also have Julia Kender. She is from Locked on Devils and also Pucker Up Philly. That might have something to do with that. Hint, hint. And also, book author and host of the Islanders podcast, the Locked On Islanders, Gil Martin. He will join for Locked On Hockey Jeopardy as well. So that's the special episode for Monday. For Tuesday, I have a little special something planned for you guys. It'll be a short five, six minute thing. Just something to get out there for Christmas Eve. Just to spread some holiday cheer. And then Thursday, we are back with Locked on Goals. But we're also going to look at some junior hockey that day because the World Junior Championships begin on Thursday, December 26th. And then Friday, we'll be back with a preview of that night's game versus the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's what's coming up for the rest of the week. So I hope you all are looking forward to those shows coming up. It's going to be a very special week of shows for the Christmas season. And once again, I got to thank you know everyone that's come on over the past few days. It's been tremendous. It's been great fun recording these shows. And once again, happy holidays to everyone. For Locked on Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying, have a great Sunday. Have a great rest of the week. I'll see you at the rink. And Ducks fly together. Uh-huh.